Testing. This is Ani talking to Laura. Hi. <laughs> Welcome to the Close Knit Podcast, a podcast that showcases fiber artists from around the world. You're listening to episode three, and this week I spoke to Laura Taylor from School of Hard Knots. Laura is foremost a crocheter and a teacher of crochet classes in Sydney, Australia. Listen on for my whole conversation with Laura. Thanks for tuning in. Hey there, it's Ani of Close Knit here with Laura Taylor of School of Hard Knots. Hey, Laura. Hi. <laughs> um, we're sitting around drinking orange carrot juice because it's really bloody hot. Um, so bear with us if we sound a little sluggish because we are a little sluggish. Um, I'll jump straight into it, Laura. What's your fiber of choice and what medium do you gravitate towards the most? Um, I prefer to use cotton probably my number one fiber of choice um, or sustainably or ethically sourced wool. I've become a lot more selective with that recently. I kind of pay more attention to the fibers that I buy. Um, but then again, like I, I also can't always afford the best kind of eco sustainable yarns or fibers. So I get it when I can afford it. And if I can't afford it, I like to get, um, Yarns made from recycled fibers, you can purchase a lot of those now, um, or you can make them yourself from recycling sweaters or mm. cutting up fabric and that kind of thing. And as a last resort, I'll end up you know, going and buying some cheap acrylic yarn, but my fiber of choice would be something a bit more um, sustainably produced. Yeah, and then kind of your craft medium of choice? What would that uh, be? Oh, yeah, so I crochet mostly. I also knit, um, but I think crochet is kind of my main focus at the moment, um, and I also love to um, embroider stuff. I do a lot of sewing as well, but um, that's kind of more when I need something to wear for something else or something, and my focus at the moment is mostly crochet. Yeah, cool. And you design patterns for crochet? Yeah, yeah. so I teach crochet classes, mostly beginners classes, and also design and write up my own patterns that I sell on my website yeah cool um I do a few knitting ones as well but it's I, I find it easy to kind of focus on the crochet for the moment and not take on too many things yeah and that's probably a better idea what is um your favorite part about sort of the fiber arts I guess using the term sort of loosely but the fiber arts world or um fiber in general like what's something that you're excited about um I think uh, a lot of the traditional skills that we had um, for using fibers, we've lost a lot of them um, over the last probably you know, 50 or so years, um, especially the younger generations now. They, I think there's, there's a bit of a resurgence, but um, uh, I really like it when instead of just kind of dabbling in some of the really traditional stuff, if people properly learn the skills and then are able to make them modern and make them current then that's kind of the, my favorite thing that I'm seeing at the moment within the fiber art community um, and my favorite thing to do and I get really impressed when I see people do that well um, yeah and I think it's an important part of our history these different skills it would be sad to lose them just because it's easier to not do them mm. or to, to not fully learn them um, yeah so for you it's kind of seeing the full extent of what the craft can offer and then making that into something yeah modern. not just kind of uh, I, I think a lot of people want to learn 
and maybe some of the basics and they'll they'll do a class or two but they won't really kind of mm. they don't think they can do more than that too hard to kind of push past that bit where it's difficult until it gets a bit easier and I think that's something that everyone just used to do because that's what you did you had to do it to make stuff and yeah I think we've kind of we're just used to things being pretty easy so um, I like it when I see other people especially young people push themselves to get past that point of a skill being difficult when to, to the point where it's easier and they can start to be creative with it because you can't really be too creative if you don't know how to fully utilize the skills or the materials that you have um yeah was there kind of a point in your crochet experience or knit like fiber experience that you kind of feel like you got to that point of like now I know enough things mm. that I can do blah with them yeah yes um I was I started crocheting and I kind of I learned some basic stitches and I got into it a little bit but then I kind of I reached that point where I was, there was things that I wanted to make that I couldn't be bothered to really learn all the skills I needed to make them yeah. and then and I kind of learned I, I learned from a book I think and it, it didn't really learn enough from that um it was a bit too hard and then I saw my twin sister learn how to crochet and she was just a natural she picked it up and was just whipping up all these beanies and things and um and then I was like oh okay if if she can do it I can do it we're quite competitive and then I had to be better than her so I like started looking up YouTube tutorials and tutorials and I was like okay this is the push I need to, to to get good at it and um and then I kind of just like became a bit obsessed with it yeah. and then she kind of stopped crocheting so much and I just kind of took over. Um, but if I hadn't have had that incentive, maybe I wouldn't have like broken through. So I think it's important to encourage mm-hmm. other people to like stick with it just a little bit more practice or a little bit more skills that you learn. It, it will, it will be much easier. Um, it really is just practice and yeah, looking up information online. It's, yeah, it's all there. Yeah. So would you say that your um that kind of point was your start in the fiber arts world or did you um, did you dabble before that? Or I, I dabbled before that in other things. Um I've always been I, I've always made a lot of crafts since I was little. I've been just obsessed with constantly making things with my hands. Um and I've always made a lot of art as well. But um yeah, I was mostly into sewing, uh, sewing and a couple of other, like, and embroidery, I guess, as well. Um, and then crochet was, I, I got into that first. And then then once I had realized that I could push myself to learn the skills that I thought were too difficult, then I realized that maybe I could get better at knitting as well. Mm-hmm. So then I kind of pushed myself with with knitting and found that it wasn't actually as hard as I had thought that it would be to to progress from you know just doing garter and pearl stitch and that kind of um, stocking stitch so yeah um that was kind of the start in me learning more in-depth skills I think once I kind of succeeded with my crochet yeah Mm. where did you learn to embroider and stuff was that stuff that your parents um my mom taught me to embroider I think Mm. I have some memories of her teaching me some basic little stitches Mm. um and yeah I I think I remember my nana trying to teach me some things and I was too little I didn't have the patience um 
But yeah, I mean, every, most people in my family are quite creative or crafty or into arts and making stuff all the time. So I was surrounded by it, not necessarily within fiber arts, but I think it was just normal for people to be making yeah. things all the time and making lots of mess and having materials all over the place. So yeah, it was kind of normal. Yeah. Yeah. So you kind of had this experience growing up and then got into crochet and then when was school of hard knots as it is now like when was that kind of um so during my last year at uni I was I started uh I got the opportunity to teach some beginners crochet classes Mm -hmm. and I started doing that and I I wasn't sure how it would go and I really enjoyed it so then I, I started teaching more classes and I was doing that for another company and uh, I realized that a lot of the students coming to the classes were saying that they had tried following YouTube tutorials or online patterns and they couldn't understand. But in my classes, they were by the end of the class, they were able to learn the things that they weren't able to learn themselves. So I figured I don't know if it was just having someone there one on one helping them or if it was maybe maybe I was able to explain something in a way that that. Um, was just a different perspective to some of the other ones online. So I thought it would be interesting to make some patterns the way that I felt would be, you know, an easier way to to read a pattern. Um, A lot of them are very abbreviated and a little bit hard to follow, especially for beginners. And um, also the designs are, I mean, if you are confident enough to modify the pattern to make something that's a little bit different that you like and use it as a base, then that's fine. But um a lot of them are very kind of girly you know or like brightly colored or mm-hmm. just just not my style and i yeah. i felt like these skills can be made current and um modern without losing their um the same traditional stitches and the the handmade feel mm-hmm. um so i started making some patterns um, I haven't made a whole lot, but I, I've started putting them up on my website and came up with the name School of Hard Knots, which <laughs> I have to actually credit my friend came up with it. I was struggling so hard to come up. I really wanted some kind of like cheesy um, knitting or crochet pun. Yeah. But I think it's quite fitting because I'm teaching the classes under that name now as well. So yeah. you can come to one of my classes in person and then afterwards check out my tutorials online or my patterns and it should be a little bit consistent for the people that learn in the classes they'll be using my same kind of teaching techniques um in the patterns or the the tutorials on youtube so yeah yeah i just wanted to connect it all and i've had a bit more time since uni finished last year to, to kind of do all of that so yeah that's how it came together yeah and so now that like school of hard knots is kind of taking something that was for you maybe more of a hobby like crochet knitting mm. that sort of thing and turning it into maybe more of a business and I'm using air quotes when I say business because <laughs> what do we even call these things you know mm. um it is it is yeah. that it is a business but I guess what I wonder is how how ha- has your motivation changed over that time period what does that look like for you how do you keep motivated um I think when I spend more when I have more time off to work on the business um I'm not very good at managing my time with it. So I've found Mm. that actually I kind of had this year as a bit of an experiment year Mm. um, where I was able to spend a fair bit of time on the business and see how I would go doing that as kind of my main priority. Mm. Um, And I've found that I actually work a little bit better running this type of business um, 
when I'm doing another job as well or um yeah for some reason juggling it with something else seems to work better because I think I'm excited to come home and work on my patterns or or my crochet stuff while I'm commuting on the train or something um going to work seems to be the motivation to come home and, and put a good effort into that stuff it's a bit more of a get more excited to do that as your your second job so um yeah I think I think for me I was kind of interested to see if it would be something that I could work on full time and really I think if if, um if you're good at managing your time and very had a good work ethic um on your own then you could definitely make this a viable business with the online platforms um now um but I yeah it's also if you're doing it as your main thing it's a bit of pressure to to um keep producing stuff constantly and putting it out there and I think I like to also enjoy it as my hobby too so Mm. I've realized that over this kind of experiment year Mm. yeah do you just self-publish or do you publish through other um I have my patterns published on my website uh and my Etsy store Mm -hmm. but I also have them in my Ravelry store as well um and you can also, if you have a Ravelry store or stocking your um, PDF patterns, you can also then link that to your Love Knitting account, which is like mm. a knitting website um, where you can buy yarns and patterns. So mm. you can link that to your Ravelry account and people can buy them through the Love Knitting website as well. So there's, and there's a whole lot of other pl- uh, websites as well, Craftsy, um, there's a whole lot of places online you can sell the patterns. Yeah. Etsy is probably the most successful um, place I've sold patterns. Mm. It seems to reach people a bit easier there. That's interesting. Mm. I would have thought, in my mind, it was like Ravelry was sort of the number one. Yeah, I would have thought so as well. But I, I've sold more through Etsy. I don't know mm. why that is. Maybe Ravelry's just got a, it's got so many patterns. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what I figured. Mm. Maybe I just don't know how to use it as well as Etsy. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm struggling with Ravelry. Mm. <laughs> struggling to figure out how mm. to download and upload PDFs and stuff. I'm gonna have to I'll have to chat. Oh yeah, this. I can show you how to do that. Later. Yeah, <laughs> struggling a lot. Um, what's sort of the biggest bit of advice? And I know we were kind of talking about how you've decided to structure your business, but your biggest bit of advice for someone who's just starting out in this world and maybe they're not wanting to start a business, they're just wanting to start have a go. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I would say definitely push past that. Push yourself to work through that point where you uh, feel like you've reached your limit and you can't, you can't learn the next step that you need to know to... Um, to make the stuff that you want to make. I think a lot of people get to a certain point and go, oh, I, I, that stitch, that's too hard. I couldn't do that. Or that, oh, I can't knit socks. That's too difficult. Or I can't mm. knit this particular, like that's just too much. If you actually just put a day aside, take your time, do it step by step, it's all achievable. You've just got to push yourself to do it and not be worried about failure. Yeah. Because even if it, if it doesn't work out, just, you know, undo it, try it again. If it doesn't work, then, you know, at least you've tried it. Um, and it wasn't until I pushed myself with the crochet, the, and that that was when I realized that I could actually do it and even, you know, teach classes and make my own patterns and all of that stuff. Um, and also I would say, I don't know if you're like me, I have a tendency to get really excited about lots of different textile skills or (laughs) fiber art skills. 
um, and crafts and you know you've seen my sewing room full of <laughs> full of many different materials and kinds of crafts and I think uh, focusing on one or two is really important to actually um, build your skills in that enough in that area to be confident in it and to be able to make good stuff that you want to make I think um, if you try and do too many skills at once you just spread yourself too thin and you end up feeling like you can't do any of them mm. um focus on learning one 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 stitch or one one technique at a time nail it don't move on into to something else until you've nailed it mm. and don't don't start too many projects at once either i have like <laughs> like three blankets that are like a quarter of the way done that are just like never going to be finished because yeah. i just I have too many blankets going at once you know In, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, there's a point when you sometimes lose um, inspiration for a project because you're already thinking about the next thing that you want to make and it's hard to to stick with it and finish it. But it's mm. good to – you. it feels really good to have something finished that you can show people and if you end up with, like, 20 different unfinished things, then you, you can't do anything with them. So yeah. yeah. you got to push yourself to finish stuff. It feels good when you finish it. Yeah, so true. Um, who do you know about that we should be following in this sort of fiber art world? Um, well, I've met a lot of interesting people through um, the makery in Sydney and workshop um, where I teach my crochet classes. Yeah. Um, and I've only really recently started connecting with people online in the fiber arts community. Um, I didn't realize, I mean, I knew that there was a lot of online resources as far as patterns go and, and, you know, tutorials and that kind of thing. But I kind of arrived a bit late to the, you know, like Instagram scene. <laughs> and I, and now, now that I have it, I'm kind of realizing, you know, there's a whole lot of people doing this kind of, the same kind of stuff that I'm doing, looking at using beautiful natural fibers, natural dyeing, mm. and more sustainable techniques, and also using traditional skills to make really nice modern current stuff that I would like. I didn't see a lot of that until until recently so that's been really exciting and I would say um, anyone that teaches any of the workshops um, at the makery or at workshop in Sydney or Melbourne then um, they are all interesting people to follow on Instagram but also um, Caitlin Murray who I met at um, the Fiber Fair recently in Sydney uh, she's got some really cool current designs um, that she knits on her knitting machine and she knits some stuff by hand that's really beautiful yeah. Um, and also, uh, online, I really love, um, the stuff from Pearl Soho, mm. really nice, um, uh, they sell yarns and patterns and also have some free tutorials and stuff and, but just for inspiration, I like to look at, you know, just yeah. their color choices or, yeah, um, amazing. or some of their nice simple designs, they, just nice current stuff that I would love to make or have in my house and yeah kind of look through that and then feel like designing something myself yeah 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 when I was in New York I visited Pearl Soho and oh, like you? they have all the samples out oh. Like, oh that's what these look like in real life these oh are cool <laughs> yeah it was really cool not fair <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah it was really cool mm. yeah great well we'll have links to those different people in the show notes um Laura is there anything else that you wanted to add um, no, that's about it. Cool. <laughs> Thanks for being much. here. No worries. Yay. You've just listened to episode three of the Close Knit Podcast. I hope that you enjoyed my conversation with Laura. 
And if you're enjoying what you're hearing, please go ahead and leave us a review, share us with your friends, and give us a rating on iTunes because that'll help us reach more people in the fiber arts community. If you or someone that you know would be a great fit for the Close Knit Podcast, please send them my way. I'd really love to talk to them. You can send me an email at hello at closeknit.com.au. Thank you so much for tuning in. Speak to you next time.